Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, it is Reformation Month, and so we have been talking about the themes of the Reformation going back to 1517, and hopefully if you've been listening, what you realize is that the Reformation is not just some historical event that happened that has no relevance um, on our lives today. Quite the opposite is true. What we actually need is a modern-day Reformation. The, the, the reason why we are in such trouble as a country and as the world today is because actually we have we have left these Reformation principles. We, as you've been talking about, the foundation has been destroyed. Uh, Psalm 11, right? What shall the righteous do if the foundation is destroyed? So we've, we've covered sola scriptura. Of course, the five solas of the Reformation, sola scriptura, sola gratia, sola fide, solus Christus, and soli deo gloria. So today we're starting on sola gratia, um, and we'll get to that in just a moment. I want to set it up like this. So, brothers, before the Reformation began, Martin Luther, um, still in line with Catholic doctrine, was teaching at the University of Wittenberg. And um, his message was that, and, and this is a, a direct quote, his message is that salvation is by grace. It is given out of the pure mercy uh, of the promising God. And when Luther taught that in a Roman Catholic university, no alarms went off. Not a single eyebrow was raised by any inquisitor. Um, and why not? Well, because Luther, the monk, was still upholding Rome's own theology. Is that accurate? Well, I think that what um, you know with Rome, they they felt salvation by grace, but you had you had to continue to cooperate with this grace. <laughs> Um, in order to be saved, the you know something that you built upon, something that you accomplished, it, you know there was something still lacking in your salvation. So it was a good start, but it it wouldn't get you there, right? It was, it, so you, it was something that you had to co- cooperate with. Salvation by grace alone was pointing to the fact that we're we're not saved by our, any of our own merits, only by the merit of Christ. It only can the imputation of his, his merit save us. And part of it is, where does this grace come from? Um, because it, it says here, it's given out of the pure mercy of the promising God, um, which is true, but then they would say that that grace can be given by Mary. That grace can be given by other um, means, um, and so grace became a quantity, um, and <clears throat> that's part of the issue of you have to get underneath the surface and say, well, what were they meaning by some of these words? And it, that's what's going to come out in the course of the Reformation of, oh, how are we talking about grace? 
Because, um, yeah, what, one of the fundamental issues uh, has to do with what Paul said in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, when he said, there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The thing is, so under the scriptural doctrine, all of the functions of the church, pastors, elders, all of which have legitimate positions, legitimate authority underneath Scripture, they're all ministerial offices. They're not mediatorial offices. We only have one mediator, and that's Christ. But the Church of Rome, particularly personified in the Pope, was saying there is a second mediator. The Pope is the vicar of Christ. He is the... Um, personification, as it were, he is another mediator between Christ and you. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the church performs a mediatorial role, not a ministerial role. There's a big difference. The reformers were saying, no, the church, all of its functions are ministerial, and the one mediator is Christ, and grace comes directly from him to the individual. And how does grace come to a person? Have they earned it? Right. Or is it given out of God's free and sovereign will? And that's really where the point of contention is is going to ultimately boil down to. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I mean, many of us today oversimplify the the disagreement between Protestantism and, and Roman Catholicism by saying, well, Roman Catholics believe that we're saved by works and Protestants believe that we're saved by grace. And... Um, that oversimplification is actually not helpful um, because, first of all, the Roman Catholic theologian or anybody who knows anything about Roman Catholicism would say, no, that's not true. We have a theology of grace, but the the issue is that they don't add that word alone to it. If, well, this if, is a, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, too, that during this time of the Reformation, they were defining grace as this divine energy that would empower them, something that was infused into them that enabled them to do those good works that merit salvation. So there was a sense in which we were meriting our the salvation under that system. And so the reformers came in and say, no, grace is not something that's just infused into you or poured into you as a quality outside of God. Grace is about something we say about God himself. He's gracious. God is gracious. He's the one that has now a favorable disposition toward you. This is what saves you. Yeah. But this isn't the first time this debate has happened within the Catholic Church. Um, this debate goes back to, to Augustine versus Pelagius. I mean, um, and so this particular one doesn't, if you will, doesn't have its beginning with Luther. Um, the Catholic Church itself um, with Augustine, understood free and sovereign grace. Yeah, maybe the famous quote, just to remind our listeners, is when Augustine, 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 whatever, prayed, um, command what you will and will what you command. And that's what just set Pelagius off. Like, what do you mean, will what you command? No, we have to do, we have to prepare, we have mm -hmm. to accomplish, we have to perform. And Augustine pressed back. And, and eventually, Pelagius was, his, his doctrines were, condemned as heretical in those early church councils. And so by the time you get to the Reformation, they were actually going back on some of the principles that they had already affirmed. And, and in essence, what they're saying is, it's not grace alone, it's a grace that we cooperate with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
and quite honestly, most of the Protestant world today yeah. is actually Catholic on this particular theological point, yeah. not Protestant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's no, I too totally, harsh, I but totally I believe agree. that to be true. Yeah. Well, maybe just maybe just on w- in one practice, in, in practical matters, yes. that's what they're doing. They yeah. they have to cooperate. You know, they they gain and lose their salvation yeah. every other day. And so they're if they're not cooperating with that grace, they're outside yeah. of it. And this is not what the reformers were saying. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing is, is that when the Holy Spirit works within us, causes us to be born again, uh, opens our eyes, works faith within us, unites us to Christ, at that moment, all of Christ and all that's his is completely ours because we're one with him, and we are completely saved. You cannot get more saved. The thief on the cross could not get more saved if he lived another 100 years rather than just a few hours. Or less saved. Right. True. Mm-hmm. And so it says, uh, Paul says in Romans 5, 2, he talks about this grace in which we stand. Mm-hmm. When we are believers in Christ, we are swimming in grace. We are breathing grace. Everything we do is suffused with grace. It's, it's all part of salvation. And so when the New Testament talks to us about walk in faith, walk in the Spirit, you know, walk faithfully, walk worthy of the calling with which you're called, all these active terms, walk, 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 that's all within grace. It's not to earn grace. Yeah. It's because of grace. In other words, God doesn't save us to tell us to go stand in the corner. He saves us to make us his sons and daughters so that we can walk with him yeah. as our Father. You know, this is one of the principal um, doctrines, sola gratia, of, of, of Calvinism, that election at the end of the day is just what grace means in eternity past. And, and one shining example of this from Romans 9, Paul is rehearsing the history of Israel, and he's, he's comparing two men, Jacob with Esau, and this is what he says in Romans chapter 9, um, verse 11. It says, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad. So Paul's saying God didn't take any of those of their actions into consideration in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. And I think many of us say, look at that scripture and we're, we're struck with, well, how could God ever hate Esau? That's the wrong way to view the passage. The right question is, is how could God ever love Jacob? Right, because Jacob was just as much of a scoundrel as Esau was, and, and that's and grace, so. <laughs> and more so, and that's grace. He was the deceiver, right? And I, I think well, this is one of the things that was pointed out by the great uh, Dutch uh, theologian and politician Abraham Kuyper in the early 1900s, is that a lot of times when we look at at how God's sovereignly sovereignty and His sovereign grace interacts with salvation. It's easy for us to picture it as something very cold and impersonal, but it's exactly the opposite. Kuiper pointed out that what the Bible teaches about God's sovereignty and salvation is to ensure the absolute personalness of salvation. In other words, God didn't save by creating like a class action suit. With a, it's, a, it's a hypothetical group of people to which other people can opt in or opt out. And so it's a nameless, faceless group of people that exists theoretically. That's not the way salvation works. When Christ died on the cross, if you know him, if you believe in him, you can be 
sure that when he died on the cross, he knew your name. Amen. He died for you personally. Mm-hmm. Amen. One of the things that uh, we have to understand is when we're saying grace alone, we're simply acknowledging that the Bible is saying that the totality of our salvation is a gift of the grace of God. It says it in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so those who deny uh, sola gratia, grace alone, end up with a gospel that entails God only bringing man only so far in the path of salvation, and then it's up to them to save themselves by, you know, a cooperative effort on their part, making a decision for Christ, doing those sort of things. And as a result of this cooperative effort, man then is not saved by grace alone, but he's saved by grace plus whatever merit we can bring to it. And that touches directly on the issue of soli deo gloria. If we contribute to our salvation in a substantive way, then we get part of the credit. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing is is that given the nature of the fall and how completely... um, controlled we are and affected it doesn't mean we're as evil as we could be but we're affected every part of us by the fall so that we suppress the truth of god paul says in romans 1 instead of responding to the light given that fact of how captive we are in our sin um, if we had to contribute to our salvation no one would be saved yeah. in the history of the world. That's the tragic truth. Yeah. Well, I think the tragic truth is that what we contribute to our salvation is our sin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Only. Yeah. yeah. Grace is God being gracious to us. Martin Luther said, there is no such thing as merit, but all who are justified are justified for nothing gratis. And this is credited to no one but the grace of God. Amen. Well, you have been listening to the gospel for life. We will see you next time.